Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, May 21st, 2021. And today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our locker rooms. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. We got a super fun interview for you guys today. We talked to Chris Peters, uh, great hockey writer. Uh, get a little bit of uh, intel on what to expect from Maddie Beneers and Owen Power at the IHF Worlds. We do a little uh, go go back in time a little bit, do a little bit of cleanup from the U18 Worlds, talk about some risers and fallers, particularly within that top 10 uh, in, in terms of draft eligible guys for this upcoming season. And then we close things out with a little Petrozelli talk with a little Mastro Simone talk. Uh, Chris is, is very on top of things in the NCAA world, so we do get some excellent insight from him on that, maybe a timeline for Keith Petrozelli. so that was pretty interesting. Uh, and in that, we inadvertently reveal Monday's guest. I feel, Usually I don't like to do this because I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to fall through. We have not recorded the interview yet, uh, but I've been in very constant communication with him and... Uh, Sounds like it's for sure going to happen. So on Sunday, we are talking to Jesper Wallstep, uh, our guy, Ooh. the people's goalie. Um, one the, six, yeah. one six, one six, one yeah. six. Uh, <laughs> so uh, very, very excited for that. I uh, just want to get out in front of that news in case you just got to the end of the episode and we're like, did they say that they were going to? Um, Let's welcome in the fellas. I am Detroit Sports Editor Nolan Bianchi. With me today, as always, I got longtime Red Wings fan and a kidney stone survivor, Ethan Smith. I also got Detroit Sports Encyclopedia, Scotty Bentley. What's going on, fellas? How's it going? Hello, I am a fellow. Thank you for having me. Okay, you, kinda, you try to just like skip over Ethan there, but he's know, not right? going to. He's not going to let that. you do it though. He's well, not I, I decided like it, it's just not a good look when I just kick it to him and the very first person <laughs> to talk is going, <laughs> "Hi." I'm so happy to be here. So now it's just like you don't even you literally Ethan lost that privilege for Scott. Wow! Wow! So, lost the yeah. privilege. I don't care. Wow. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna come with the heat. <laughs> uh, I missed you guys. Apparently, while I was gone, there was, so we were just gonna do the interview uh, real quick. Um, we are gonna get to the interview in just a second. But apparently, while I was gone the ethan and, and scotty started a new friday tradition mm, and, yes um i was told about this uh and i said well we have to do it because we have a bad habit of saying we're going to do things and then not doing them so apparently what is it lemon tree friday lemon tree update friday yeah lemon yeah. tree update friday so can can i this is my first hearing of this and i would like yes to get an understanding so, sure sure so uh so basically when i was like 13 my dad bought a lemon tree right. and instead like um, lemon trees don't do really well in Northern winters. So he put it in this big ass pot with wheels. And so basically in the winter time, fall, winter, spring, honestly, mm -hmm. 
it chills right in our living room by our front window. And it okay. like takes up seating space, obviously, but it looks awesome. Just have a huge ass plant right there. Um, and then in the summer, it gets wheeled out to our front porch. And my dad's a big tea drinker. So he always has a lemon with it. And we haven't had to buy lemons from the store in like, I, I guess, almost a decade now. That's um, beautiful. And yeah, so so it's yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. It's uh, it's, then, uh it's sorry, right, so right what's, by the what, what was last week's update, and then what's like what's right. what's the difference from week to week? Sure. So last week's update was sure. uh, we, <laughs> last week's update. Yes, of was, course. Uh, was, that, <laughs> was that we were getting ready to put it outside? It's still ah. in the front, but it's been warm consistently for a minute now. It's so last week's today. update was right so that's the big decision that we're coming it's still currently inside however i think i I would be shocked if by next friday it was not outside i think i think that's we have two lemons there uh there's two they're still very ripe and green and small but uh, there are two noticeable lemons hanging there so that's look at that we're uh we're, we're making good good headway and uh yeah i i would be i would be absolutely shocked at this point if uh if if it wasn't out on the front porch by next friday's update that's beautiful um i'm big big fan of lemons uh who doesn't love 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 lemon water um and and i love limes as well i know we're not talking limes but like while we're in the family sure i I have i have said this to madeline many times there is not a food in the world madeline um the love of my life there is not a food in the world uh that i think on a more regular basis damn i wish i had blank right now than a lime wow really yeah it just goes great with everything like on tacos or like in a drink like it's 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 a game changer fair enough so that is fair. Um, we do have there. There's like some Tyler Bertuzzi news. G- guys are still going through their season ending press conferences. Uh, we obviously had the interview today, so we're not really going to touch on that. I think we're going to get to all that in next week's uh, full recap with Ted Colfin. You guys know how those go. They'll probably be uh, three episodes, two hours each, uh, but it'll be a great time. And we'll, we'll kind of get, we'll, we'll round out all of the, the press conference findings, uh, in those episodes with Ted. So stick with us for that. We're going to go over some of it because we did get some updates on Tyler Bertuzzi today. Uh, he said, he's feeling really good. He said he probably can't swing a golf club until late July, early August, uh, which is just kind of like, uh, that question was prompted because of the Dylan Larkin question that was, uh, answered yesterday. Um, but he said he feels really good. He said hopefully in about three weeks or so, uh, he'll be able to start ramping up, hitting the gym, uh, things like that. But um, sounds like it was something he, – he doesn't know if it was lingering. He doesn't know if it happened in that Dallas game. He uh, it's It's been apparently quite the struggle. So we'll dive into more of that, but let us get to the interview with Chris Peters. Oh, wait, and one more thing. Uh, Jonathan Berger and Emil Vero signed their entry-level deals. So woohoo, Go team. Team. All right, here's the interview with Chris Peters. All right, at this time, we now welcome on an excellent hockey writer, uh, formerly of ESPN. You can now find his work at hockeysense.substack.com, uh, also the host of the Hockey Sense podcast. It is Chris Peters. Chris, what's going on? Super happy to have you here today, and uh, good to finally meet you. 
Yeah, it's great to be on with you, Nolan. Thanks a lot, Scott, as well. Uh, great to great to be with you guys. And uh, yeah, excited to talk about hockey. It's nice to we've been doing a lot of that lately, which is which is great. Yes, uh, more than we did at this time last year. So that's exactly uh, pretty much a win in my book. My man, uh, Chris, wore the Detroit Tigers hat to the recording today. So, you know, uh, he's repping hard for D-Town. We're going to preview uh, some of the draft eligible players in the 2021 World Championships. Uh, Maybe take a a quick look at some of the players who excelled at the U18 Worlds. Uh, And then we're going to get to or we're going to ambush him with a question about Keith Petrozelli um, (laughs) towards the end. But. Let's start here with this tournament. How excited are you to watch Justin Abdelkader play hockey again? <laughs> um, I can't wait. You know, I, I think <laughs> I think this is, uh, in all fairness to Justin, who is a former Cedar Rapids Rough Rider, and I, I live near the Rough Riders, so I gotta I gotta have some respect for the for the former Rough Rider. I mean, you know, I think this is an opportunity for him to to prove himself. Um, and and you know, USA has two guys. They have him and they have Ryan Boyle. Neither of them played in the NHL this year. Um, and those are guys that are hungry to play and hungry to to prove themselves and say, hey, we we belong back in the the NHL. And you know, Abdul Kader himself has been in this tournament before. He's worn the C in this tournament. You know, so. Uh, it helps to have that experience because the U.S. is going to, I think they have the third youngest team in the tournament with even Boyle and Abdelkader on it. So, I mean, this is going to be a real challenge for them. But, yeah, I mean, good good for both of those guys for saying, yeah, I want to go to this and I want to show NHL GMs and everybody else that we we can still play in the league. And, and to Abdelkader's credit, he went and won a Swiss title this year. So, I mean, he's got another championship and – He's he's done that a little bit in his career, so I'm sure I'm sure he uh, enjoyed getting it. back in the win column there. His uh, his social media was covered in uh, in him with the trophy and stuff after yeah. he brought it home. It was really cool. Yeah, I think with him too, like an interesting thing is like he he had one year the the contract whatever it, it was what it was the contract wasn't good there was an issue there but like he really only had the one year where the bottom like completely fell out and it was a year where the bottom completely fell out for the entire team. So I'm with you there. I actually, there is a, a pretty large place in my heart for Justin Abdelkader. I was like 12 Love years him. old when he scored that goal in the 08 cup final. It was electric. Um, but let's move on to, to some of the younger guys here. There's not a ton of draft eligible players going to be in this tournament, but two of the Michigan Wolverines did make their way onto the rosters. Matt Beniers, Owen Power. What kind of precedent uh, is there for draft eligible players, um, you know, in, in their draft year competing in the world championships and, and maybe even potentially making a difference. Yeah. Well, it's pretty rare for Canada to have that happen They They have not had many guys that were in their draft season that played for them mainly because they usually would have, you know, even if it was the second or third tier Canadian players, they were still among the stars of the NHL that they were able to bring to this tournament. And this year, that wasn't a, a possibility. The thing that makes power making it even more unique is the fact that he didn't go to the World Juniors this year. He was held back. Um, basically, Hockey Canada wanted to have a, a month-long camp plus, you know, plus the tournament, which is two weeks. So it was a, basically a six-week commitment. And in the end, Good on Michigan for keeping him back because that Canadian camp got shut down for an extended period of time. Owen Power would have missed eight collegiate games, you know, and and sure he would have had the the World Juniors, but there was also no guarantee that he was going to make the roster. You know, I mean, 
they had a really good decor this year with all the players that were available to them. But I think he probably would have made it. It's just you, you just don't know. So, but either way, he ends up staying in school. Unfortunately, you know, Michigan season cut short by a, a positive COVID test. So he, he makes it and he's good. Uh, in terms of the U.S., we've actually seen this quite a bit um, with veneers. So Jack Hughes was there. Quinn Hughes was there in his draft year. Um, trying to think who else. Jack Eichel, I'm pretty sure, was there in his draft year. Austin Matthews definitely was. Um, so, you know, those are guys, they, they've consistently brought in the younger players and, and those guys have played a, a pretty significant role. And I think Matty Beneers is going to play a significant role for this U.S. team. It's not a very deep team down the middle. Uh, they have some, you know, like guys like Brian Boyle, who I mentioned earlier, are, are going to be available to them to, to be centers for this team. But I still think that Beneers might actually be one of their best centers uh, that they're bringing um, already, even though he's a draft eligible guy and there are NHL players on the roster. That's just how good I think he is. Um, and so, yeah. And so between him and, and Owen power, I think they're both going to play uh, power has a little bit more of a, a, a difficult kind of road because the, the guys that are ahead of him, the other left shot defensemen are all guys with, with reasonable NHL service time. Um, but I still think he's going to play. So, so it's going to be interesting to see. I think he's going to help that team. I think the world championship in general is, is wide open because, nobody was able to bring star players, you know, there's, and, and Finland proved two years ago, even when there were players available, you don't need NHL players to win the world championship. So uh, we'll see how that holds for, for everybody, but it's pretty much everybody's in the same boat. I think Russia and Sweden probably have the best teams on paper, but they're not significantly better than everybody else. All right. Just going to hop in here real quick to talk to you guys today about built bar. Uh, true story. This week or last week, I was on vacation in the Smoky Mountains, driving an ATV, didn't think I could go on, realized, hey, I have a built Bar in my pocket. That's right. Uh, I had the salted caramel, which is one of my favorites right now, and it was absolutely delicious. I was, I was like on my hands and knees on the grass crawling saying, I don't think I can go anymore. And then by the time it was done, we ditched the ATV and I walked to the top of the mountain. Not really, but we did, we did keep going. And it was, you know, I wasn't in a bad mood or anything. I wasn't cranky. I was perfectly energized, ready to take on the day, ready to take in those sights and sounds. Uh, and I tell you what, I owe it all to built bar. So go to built bar dot com right now because not only are the built bars the best flavor tasting but they're healthy too most of the flavors only have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs uh go to builtbar.com right now use the promo code lock 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and you will get 15 percent off of your neck of your first order uh it's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com and now back to chris peters this is uh, Bertuzzi looking at Setaguchi across the ice, and your dead seems to be what uh, he's mouthing. Uh, I do want to touch on on Beniers just a second here, I guess, to start, sure. because he does have that familiarity with Nate Lehman, who coached him at the uh, World Juniors this past December, um, where they did win gold. Uh, and I know Nate Lehman is, is very high on him, just as a hockey player, like he, he loves the way he plays. He knows mm -hmm. he's a guy he can, you know, lean on Nate Lehman's going to be an assistant on this team. Do you see that maybe working into Benier's favor when it comes to uh, his role or the ice time or whatever it may be? Yeah, it absolutely does. And it also helps that, you know, there's, there's um, uh, uh, Kevin Ryder, who's the goaltending coach for team USA at this tournament was also the director of player personnel at the national team development program when Benier's was there. So, 
he's got people in his corner that know how he can play and know, know what he's capable of maybe more than say Jack Capuano, the head coach does. But I think that, you know, that's, that's going to be a real benefit to Matty Beniers, you know, more so than even Owen power who you know, wasn't able to play in the world juniors this year. It's like, they, they have, they won a gold medal with this guy. You know, they, they had, they had a, him in a substantial role. They know his maturity. You know, he's had a month off, so he, he should be nice and well rested. Oh, over a, two months off, uh, he's he's he should be nice and rested and ready to go. I think I'm sure he's chomping at the bit for this opportunity. I think the thing that's going to resonate with both Jack Capuano and the rest of his teammates is how competitive he is, how how hard he fights for pucks, how how aggressive he plays, um, and his ability to play with pace. So I think that 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 definitely helps him, and I think you know, he's not going to sneak up on anybody and, and, and steal a role. He's going to be given, I'm, I'm sure he's going to be given a really good opportunity to play a significant role. And, you know, I, I think that he and Owen power are a lot closer in terms of a one and two in this draft. I think that there's the two of them are at the top. And I think there's a bit of a gap between them and the next tier. Um, and, and so I'm really interested to see how both of them fare. I don't think these tournaments are necessarily going to make or break their draft stock. But let's say Matty Beniers goes there and, and has a tremendous tournament and produces points. And, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, you, you do start second guessing yourself if, is Owen Power number one. The same thing if Owen Power goes there and he plays, you know, middle pairing minutes, you know, that'd be pretty, pretty great. Even if he's bottom mm-hmm. pairing, but he's playing regularly, you know, those are good things. So the, both of those guys have a great opportunity in front of them. And, and Matty Beniers with the familiarity with the coaching staff is certainly at an advantage uh, for Team USA. What would like a, a really solid to, to even like great uh, juniors look like for Beneers? Like what would he need to do to put together like a really good uh, campaign there? I think, well, I think probably being a middle six center for them, uh, maybe sure. playing on the PK, maybe getting some opportunities on the power play to get a chance to produce. I, you know, I don't think they have, they're not dripping with skill on this team. You know, they've got Connor Garland and 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 uh, Jason Robertson, who are you know higher end scorers. Guys like Ryan Donato, Tage Thompson, guys that have have scored in the past and at other levels, and you know, still trying to find their way in the NHL game. But I, but I think if you know if if Matty Beniers comes through this and has like five six points, I think that's even a win there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how how much this team is going to score. I think they're going to struggle to score a bit. Um, they don't have a great blue line either. So, you know, that's going to be a challenge. So, you know, I don't look at it necessarily in terms of points as much as I do in terms of how does he, I'll look at it. You know, let me, let me backtrack just a little bit, because I think that one of the best things that can happen for him is that he continues to gain the trust of the coaching staff and builds a case to, to play more. And as his, if his minutes go up throughout the tournament, that's going to be a very good indication that the coaching staff got more and more and more comfortable with him and wanted to use him more. Um, so I think that, you know, it's not necessarily about starting the tournament hot. It's more about finishing by building up throughout the, the few days, obviously playing in games. There's no guarantee that he's going to be one of the guys that's selected for the, for the, for the roster. They, they can take 20, they took 26 players. They can only dress 20 skaters. So, you know, and that's, that's, that's the situation there. So three guys are always going to be sitting out, um, so, or actually four, because they have three goalies. So, yeah, so it's just, uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how how it all pans out. But I think for him, as long as he's continuing to improve, and, and I think if he can make a positive impact and get some points, um, that's going to say a lot about where his game is right now and where it can be heading into next season. I think one of the exciting things uh, as a viewer and somebody who did keep up with Michigan hockey this year, um, you know, 
it was it was great to watch them. I think something that's cool is like they have the chance to uh, definitely raise their draft stock and, and solidify themselves in like that upper echelon. But do either Beneers and Power like have that much to lose, in your opinion? I don't think so, because I don't think anybody really, really established themselves as better players. I mean, I know that there are some people that are going to have like a Simon Edmondson, maybe ahead of both of them. I, I haven't seen any anything to suggest that that should happen. Um, I think that Edvinson has an incredible ceiling, but I, I don't think that he's definitively in the mix with those two guys. Could he be the best pro of the three? It's possible, but there's way too much risk to make him a number one pick, I think. Um, you know, same with Brant Clark, you know, too much of a skating deficiency to say, yep, that guy's going to be better than Owen Power. And again, you know, we don't know. We don't know until we see it happen. We're projecting it out. And as far as I'm concerned, projecting those guys, you know, I, I just feel really strongly. So let's say neither of them play, you know, if they just if they ride the bench or at, at worst, they got experience being around NHL players for two weeks or mm-hmm. three weeks, you know, and that's the that's at, at worst. And but at best, they both get into games. And even if they don't, you know, they're everybody understands what they are. They're young guys on rosters playing against professionals and their first taste of professional hockey. Neither of them have had that experience and they haven't played hockey in two months. So I think they're going to be graded on curves. I don't think that either of them can really hurt their stock. I don't think either of them can, uh, you know, they certainly can help it, but I do not think they can hurt it based on what we've seen. Cause you're, you're looking at years of a body of work with those two and it's a real quality body of work. Um, with Owen power, uh, I know you had a close eye on him. Do you have the same concerns that a lot of prospect writers out there seem to have? Cause I wonder like how much of this is like people just watching too much Owen power. Like we, you watch him. He's very, very good. I think the, the one hang up on his game is he doesn't do anything. That's like, Holy smokes. Uh, (laughs) but again, when you watch him, he's incredibly sound. Do you have, uh, any concerns about him in that regard? Well, I mean, you know, he's not, he's not a super skilled player, you know, he's not going to dangle a lot of guys and, you know, the same way that even like Rasmus Dahlin could in his draft year, he's not your stereotypical number one draft pick because he doesn't have massive amounts of points. But what I think that is really stood out to me over the course of the season was he was better at the end of the year than he was at the beginning of the year. He, he grew throughout the season. He was strong. His skating has looked fine. He's obviously got the size. He's got the intelligence. I think he's a player that really knows himself well, knows where he needs to get to, um, knows how to play the game. And, and, you know, there were certainly times where I thought he looked, you know, he didn't look like a number one pick this year. Now um, that happens to everybody, but you know, we, we only had, you know, the 20, 25 or so games, to, to look at and, and say, Hey, you know, it's uh, it's not a huge sample size, but I also go back to looking at last season when he was a top scoring defenseman on a, on a good, a highly offensive team. I, th- I, you know, the, the interesting thing that I think is going to happen next is do you put him in the NHL right away? If he's your number one pick and almost it's, it, it, the way that it's been set up is like, if you're the number one pick, you have to be in the NHL. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the best idea. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best thing for him. Um, and, and I wonder how much, you know, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really difficult. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same thing with veneers. I don't see, there aren't many players in this draft where I'm like, yep, that guy's gotta be in the NHL next year. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're, we're judging players. There are certainly players that I think have higher ceilings potentially. Like I think, you know, Matty veneers, if he hits everything could potentially be a number one or number two center in the NHL. Um, 
he, a lot of things have to go right. I think Owen Power certainly has the potential to be a number one defenseman in the NHL, uh, but it's certainly not a lock. And that's kind of true of a lot of guys in this this draft year. There's just a lot of guys with with various flaws. It's not a great skating draft. It's not a it's not a super high end draft. Do I think that Owen Power is going to be a franchise cornerstone for a team? Not necessarily, but I do think that of the players available in this draft, he's the best one at this point. Um, and you know, I know that there has been quite a bit of debate in the in the public sphere of prospect writing. There's a lot less in the scouting community. So, do you think you mentioned the the shortened season? Obviously, a, a lot of the everybody had to deal with that. Really, do you think? Excuse me. Do you think that uh, if he got another full season, that he either could have developed more and, and kind of refined his game even more and taken another step, or at least you know more scouting is on him, et cetera? Like, do you think that really would have affected either his development or his stock if he got two full seasons the last two years? I mean, I, I think getting game reps always helps, but I don't think that it really was a significant hindrance this year because they got more practice time. You know, they had basically sure. a month buildup to the season where they were able to work on more things. I remember I, you know, I did a story very early on when I was still at ESPN before uh, about the Michigan team and, and all the players were saying, Hey, we, we had about a month of practice where it wasn't all systems based. We were working on skills. We were working on, you know, different repetitions of, of, of various things to try and get better in this area or that area. And so I think that helped developmentally. What I think would be especially helpful for Owen power in particular is to have a season where he can master the college game. Cause I think that he was a very good collegiate defenseman. I don't think he was the best in the country this year. He wasn't even the best on his own team. That was Cam York. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, but now Cam York is gone. He, he signed, you send him back, you give him that extra year. You look at what an extra year did for Kale McCarr and for Quinn Hughes and for Adam Fox taking, you know, went three years. I mean, these, and those are three of the very best young defensemen in the NHL. So, you know, and you look at Rasmus Dahlin, it was too much too soon on a bad team. And even though he had 40 points as a rookie, which was incredible, um, especially on the team that he was on, you know, it was he best served by starting with the Sabres when he did? Probably not. So um, I think you have to, I think whoever drafts Owen Power has to make that call and make it smartly. And not having a full season this year almost gives them that cop out to say, he didn't have a full season last year. We want to see what he looks like with a full season. We fully believe in him as a, as a number one pick. We think he's going to play for our team, not this season, but next season. Um, I don't know if there are enough teams out there that have the courage to do something like that, but I think it may end up being the best option for Owen Power. Hopefully, too, uh, fans have a greater understanding of just how weird this year was and the the lack of urgency, I guess, to rush these prospects in particular coming out of this year's draft because – Yes, there are those guys at the top, but I think there is, I mean, even at one and two, there could be a, a lot of different things happening, let alone from three to 10 or, you know, to yeah. 15 or whatever it may be. Um, I do want to talk about some of the, some of the guys at the U18s, because I know uh, you covered that very, very closely as well. And one of the guys you had on your, uh, I think it was your risers list was Mason McTavish. He was a guy mm -hmm. who seemed to be on the outside, looking into the top 10 of, of a lot of lists uh coming into this tournament he was outside of the top 10 on, on our list um but he had an incredible tournament 11 points played excellent at both ends of the ice what did you make of his tournament and i guess how it might affect his draft stock uh whether it moved it at all and, and just an overall assessment of that well i think the tournament was just a continuation of what he started to show 
playing in Switzerland this year. And, and, you know, he's one of the OHL guys that otherwise wouldn't have played, uh, went to Switzerland, played in the second division there and played like a pro. And I think that he carried that pro style game to the U18s and a lot of his age peers could not handle it. They couldn't handle the physicality. They couldn't handle his competitiveness. They couldn't handle his, uh, his decision-making. I mean, he is a very smart player. He plays really hard. He's got good competitiveness. I think his skating is improved. He, you know, it's there aren't a lot of guys where you're going to say skating is their strength, and I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the strength for him, but it's good enough. Um, and you know, I think that 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 intensity that he plays with, in addition to having the skill that he does and the hockey sense that he does, it allows him to be a more complete player. So I think you know, if you're looking, is he a top? He's not a top line center, I don't think. I mean, but he could be a really good number two. He could be a you know a, a great number three. You know, I think that, that he's a, a guy that plays with energy and and I really like players with versatility. That's a big reason why I think Matty Beniers is the best forward in this draft is because he's a, he's the most versatile and he has the most, uh, you know, he can play the most, he can impact the game more ways than most others can. Um, but Mason McTavish was kind of a, you know, he wasn't the the flashy name like Connor Bedard and, and Shane Wright that were playing for Canada or Brant Clark even. But I mean, I think that, that Mason McTavish had as much to do with that team being as dominant as they were as any of those other guys did because uh, he made plays throughout the tournament and was such a physical force. All right, just got to jump in here real quick to talk to you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is in full swing. The NHL playoffs are in full swing. The NBA playoffs are getting underway. And you can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including those three sports I just mentioned, UFC, uh, whatever. If you want to bet on it, they got it. You like horses? You can bet on them. You like greyhounds. I'm assuming that might be a more local thing, but you get the idea. Bet online. Uh, they got you covered for absolutely everything. So go <laughs> before the next pitch. Go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest informations. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to playoffs. As I just said, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. When you use our promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Last guy to play in this period. Before we get back to Chris Peters, just want to quickly remind you guys that we do have a big interview coming up on Monday. And the only way to make sure that it is uh, going to be ready and waiting for you when you wake up is by pressing that subscribe button. You are not going to want to miss us. I assure you uh, we are. uh, I don't know if we announced it in the intro, but we do let the cat out of the bag in segment three here. So I just want to tell you guys right now, once you hear it, you'll be like, holy crap. All right, fine. I'm in. Uh, So press that subscribe button, follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Red Rings and back to Chris Peters. So Dylan Gunther, is it going on to him? Like, is is him being somewhat overshadowed in a sense by by Wright, Bedard, even McTavish a little bit? Is that like a point of concern? Is that hurt him at all? I don't think that hurts him. What I think is going to hurt him, and I had him number three on my spring list, and I can tell you already that he's not going to be there for my next list. Um, sure. 
part of the reason is, and I like him a lot as a player. I think he is a high, high end offensive talent. I think he's one of the best forwards in this draft. I do think that he still very well could be a top five pick. I think that he's probably a likely top five pick um, just because of the skill level that he has, the fact that he's got good skating ability and the fact that he was so good in the WHL this season. But one of the things that I noticed that both in his WHL games and his U18 games is he is not a line driver. He's not, he's not necessarily a passenger, but he's not a guy that's driving a line. He's not a guy that's going to touch the puck a lot and impact the game as much as the center that he's playing with, which is, you know, and in, in, in junior with the Edmonton oil Kings, it was Jake neighbors who was really, and he's a first round draft pick and he's a veteran. So, I mean, you would expect the guy to drive a line like that, but when you're looking at a guy that could be a potential top three pick, and he's not the guy that's always going to be the one bringing the puck across the blue line. He's not always the one that's making setting up the plays in the offensive zone. That gives me concern. And then that continued with Team Canada, where he, you know he was playing with Shane Wright, and and Shane Wright obviously is going to be the guy that drives that line. So I mean, maybe it's unfair to look at it that way, but I think you know he, he there because of that he doesn't impact the game the same way like a Matty Beneers does. And so that's and that's why he was behind Beneers on my list last time anyway. Um, I don't know that he impacts the game like a Luke Hughes does from the back end or, or even a Brant Clark. So those are the types of players where like, oh man, you know, maybe, I mean, this is a great year. If you're looking for defensemen, there's a lot of really good defensemen in this draft. If you're looking for forwards, you got to look a little harder and you have to, you know, I think that, you know, the value is going to be found a little bit later in the first round, but, but really it's interesting to, to see, but I, I think that both of those guys, um, you know, Gunther and, um, so just Gunther, you know, really, he, he's he's a really good player. I just want to, you know, I think maybe next year we'll see in the WHL where he's driving play more. Uh, but, you know, that's one thing that I wanted to see this year that I didn't see enough of and certainly didn't see at the World Under 18s. Uh, you just touched on Brand Clark. We'll wrap up the, the U18 section with him. Uh, he gets named to the all-tournament team. You don't really think he improved his his draft stock uh, that dramatically. We both love Brant Clark. I, I just got like addicted to some of his highlight reels. Um, the the jury is still out. I feel like on his skating. Like some some people say like it's fantastic. Uh, other people say it's not as good as he, or you know I think you have said it's not as good as Hughes or yeah. or um, yeah. where I guess does the. Uh, I, I, I'm struggling to think, but like what's getting lost in translation, do you think for, for some people versus others? Cause like, I, I, like I said, it's the conflicting uh, opinions that I've gotten on that seem to be as wide as really anything else in this draft, frankly. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think he looked like a top five pick in that tournament. I, you know, I mean, I watched every game he played. I watched every shift he played. Um, and I didn't see, I didn't see a single thing in that that said, yep, this guy is absolutely going to go. I mean, you know, he was not on my all tournament ballot. <laughs> I could say that, um, uh, you know, I thought that there were other defense, other defensemen that impacted the game more. Uh, the thing about Brant Clark and I mean, if anybody says he's a fantastic skater, then they, they shouldn't evaluate skating. Um, it, it's just not, it's not. And I, I say that I, I feel bad saying that because there are things that he, there are elements of his skating that are very good. He's got good edge work. He's got deception. He changes direction. Well, North South speed explosiveness is not there. It doesn't have to be there if you're smart enough, but it, it kind of has to be there. If you want to be a number one defenseman, 
Um, I think that you need to be a guy that pushes pace and you need to be a guy that moves pucks. Well, very intelligent defenseman, highly skilled. We see the way that he jumps into plays. He anticipates very well. I think he's a top 10 prospect all day in this tournament, in this, in this draft. I think that he's, he's got a lot of ability, but the, but the, the burst and, and, and skating is actually really difficult to evaluate off of video. I think that that's one of the things. And obviously all, all most people had this year was video off of him. And he, and he did fine in the in the Slovakian league. I think, you know, the fact that he was playing professionally in Slovakia and producing, especially late in the season, is really impressive. And that shows his hockey sense and his ability to make plays. But I think that, you know, the, the reason that, you know, especially for him, and I don't know if he got hurt or if there what, what, what was going on, but, I mean, they took him off the first power play. Like, he, he, he was taken off the first power play unit. I mean, how many number one defensemen? are not going to be on the first power play in it, you know? So yeah. they, 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 they moved, they moved Olin Zellweger, who was a far better distributor on, on the power play. And Olin Zellweger had the easiest job in the world. It was pass it to Shane Wright and let him shoot it. <laughs> and that was great. And it worked and it worked, but he, but he was more, he was more effective running their power play from the top of the point than anybody else was. And so that was another thing that was really interesting. And then, you know, just talking to scouts, I, I think that a lot of them felt that, that, Brant Clark, and it was it was interesting to see because I was watching a lot of the you know the chatter on Twitter and other things like that, and saying like, oh yeah, this guy, uh, this guy, uh, <laughs> you know, like he's 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 having an incredible tournament. He had a really great first game against Sweden. After that, he was okay, mm-hmm. like, and, and then and then he was pretty good in the gold medal game and pretty good in the semi, but was again not amazing. Um, and the standards were very high for him. So it could have also been, a, he could have been a victim of expectations as well, at least mine being, but I've already liked the player. He just didn't do anything to move up or down for me. That's, that's kind of where I ended up after that tournament. Fair enough. I think I get a uh, really wrapped up with him and, and those like stops and starts and like the agility and the, the- yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's good. And he, he's got good lateral mobility and he's got good edge work. Like that actually is really impressive. But like, if you watch him skate in a straight line and you're like, you know, the, the strides a little awkward, the, yeah, uh, and it doesn't, he doesn't have that burst of, you know, and then you watch some other skaters. And, and, and again, I've seen this, this, this draft is a skating deficient draft. It's, uh, you know, there aren't a lot of guys that can absolutely burn. Um, but I think if you want to be a top defenseman in the league and like Owen power is not, super fast but he's got a good fluid stride he's he's stopped he moved solidly and he's got that long stride too so it allows him to generate more power as a skater that you know that brant clark doesn't necessarily have but i still think that brant clark is a heck of a player and a top 10 prospect i just don't think he's a very good skater yeah fair enough um real quick before we get to the the petrozelli court do you have a, a number one for the 22 and 23 classes are, are you oh there yeah i mean tw- 22 is shane wright and there's nobody close yeah. um i think brad lambert has shown over the last year that he's not in the same class um mm. you know even though and we we didn't get to see much of shane Wright outside of that tournament but you see the power the skill the hockey sense everything i mean he's he's elite and then for 2023 you know it's obviously between bedard and mitchkov for me, it's Bedard. I think he does more. Um, I think he's got as good a shot as Mitchkov does, if not better, which is shocking when you look at the goals that Mitchkov scores. But I think that Bedard has a better shot. And uh, I also think that he's a better skater and just impacts the game in more ways. So, uh, yeah, so right Bedard would be the the next two. And I think that it's going to be uh, – we still have a long way in 2023. <laughs> but 2022, I mean, we're, we're starting now. We've got a lot of good players that are – are coming up, but I mean, Shane Wright is in a class of his own heading into next season. 
Now, uh, I remember before the season started, you said on Lockdown Canadians that you think Pet- Keith Petrozelli could basically, not necessarily single-handedly, but almost single-handedly, make Quinnipiac a, a dark horse to win the NCAA tournament. He kind of almost does that. They they end up getting they end up finding a back way, back doorway into the tournament uh, through a positive <laughs> COVID test. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he had an excellent year. He turns out to be a Hobie Baker finalist. He turns out that he is probably the reason why after they did make it into that tournament, I personally was looking around being like, okay, keep an eye on him because um, he, he really did turn out to be that player. Is there any way that you could provide some context as to uh, where his stock is as an NHL goaltending prospect? And I guess just like his path forward, how long does that usually take? I, I think there a lot of people are anxious to see him, but I, I don't know how soon it's going to be. Yeah. Well, the Red Wings got to sign him first. Right. So, yeah. you know, like that's the other thing is, you know, where are they at with him? Where is he at with them? Um, you know, so if I can interject real quick, sure. so Steve Eisman was asked about it, uh, I believe two days ago. Okay. Um, and he said, he's not quite sure what next season holds, because I think the word is that Petrozelli is still considering using that extra year of eligibility. Ah, okay. Um, and so I think that that has, has been where uh, the, the conflict has lied there for that's the, for okay. LC. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I didn't see that. And that's, that's really interesting because he, he, he can use an extra season which why not? Um, I don't think that he can help. He's certainly not going to play for the Red Wings next season. You know, would it be good to get him in the AHL? Sure. But there's also other goaltenders that you have to, to continue working on with those. So leave that. That's fine. But for me, Petrozelli, I think where he's at, he's, he's, he's still in the early stages of development. I mean, you know, basically he's 22 years old, which is pretty young in goalie years. And there are, there are very few Carter Hearts and Spencer Knights and, and guys like that that can come in and be young goalies in the NHL. Um, and I, you know, obviously Keith was a guy that had has had a long path. He's big, he's agile, he's gotten better, his hockey sense has improved. I think that his, you know, his free shot mechanics have improved. Um, you know, one of the things that last season ha- what happened with last season was the ECAC schedule was terrible. So they didn't have a really good strength of schedule in terms of, you know, how, how realistic should we read into these numbers for, for Keith? Mm. And when I had said that, I think it was kind of at the time where we didn't quite know what the ECAC schedule was going to look like. Well, they only ended up with having four teams in the conference. So you're playing the same teams over and over again. Um, you know, they ended up losing in the, in the, in the conference championship game in a, in, in overtime to St. Lawrence, but still get into the national tournament. Well, you know, I think Keith Petrozelli is is a really quality goaltending prospect. I think that he's a guy that's, you know, he probably wouldn't make the NHL until he's 26. You know, like the, that seems to be like around the time where a lot of those kind of middle of the road goaltending prospects, the non-elite goaltending prospects kind of fit in. I thought, you know, but you look at his development arc and it's very positive. It's very positive. It's going from, you know, being a top goalie in the USHL to having to find his way in college. And he's a big reason that Quinnipiac was a good team. I really liked their team last year. I, I you know, I, th- I, I thought they'd have more success than they did. I think that they could have a lot of success next season too, even though they had some significant losses, but that's a guy that you just continue to wait. And if he goes back for that extra year and has a great season and hopefully he does, you know, he he'll be eligible to sign elsewhere is as well. I'm sure there'll be interest in trying to get him into a different system. But I, if, if I'm Keith Petrozelli, I'm looking at the, the, the Red Wings pipeline. I'm saying there's an opportunity for me here. 
unless say they draft Jesper Wallstedt or you don't know, count somebody it out. like that. Don't somebody count it like out. that. So we are you know, we are very big fans. Our yeah, Friday okay, guest teasing our Monday guest. Yeah. So there you go. oh, all right. Ooh, well, very good. That, very we good. actually just announced that live. Oh, <laughs> all right we're well, here very good where Thanks, you Chris. Moment. <laughs> yeah wow yeah now i now i know exactly where i was i was on, on, on the podcast but anyway yeah so so yeah so i mean but i think you know just to wrap a bow on on keith petrozelli you know if he continues on the path that he's on he's he's on an nhl track you know it, it's not a guaranteed track it's not a number one track i don't think he's a number one goaltender at the at the next level i do think that he's he's improved his game dramatically over the last four seasons in college and should be credited for that. I mean, look at his, his, his save percentage actually goes up every single year. Hmm. So maybe he's a nine thirty guy next year. And then you're like, Whoa, Hey, okay. Um, but he'd also be, you know, a 23 year old senior, which is pretty normal. So I, I think he's, I think he's in a good, in a good spot to continue on a, a professional track for sure. And he has a goalie goal. To his That's credit. right. He has a goalie goal. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Scott, well, what can you ask for? Yeah, so our, one of our last questions here to wrap up. Um, second round pick in 2018, Robert Mastro Simone. Um, where do you – be? you had like a really weird year, like a really mm-hmm. like messed up and weird year. So where do you see just him trending as a prospect? What was his production like? And, and what, do, what do Wings fans – what can we kind of expect out of him going forward now? Yeah, well, I, I was a big fan of the draft pick when they made it. Um, I thought it was a really good value pick at the time. What they couldn't have anticipated was the injuries that happened to him. You know, sure. he, he he missed last year's World Junior Camp, um, the 2020 World Junior Camp, with an injury, and he would have had a chance to make the team. I don't know if he would have made it, but he would have had a chance. And then this year, obviously, you have essentially a lost season. BU only played 15 games, mm-hmm. and, and he had eight points in those games, so that's pretty decent, but it's a lost season developmentally for him, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that, and it's nobody's fault. It's, it's COVID, you know, it's the way it was. Um, But I think you kind of have to view that as a bit of a lost season. What I think gives him an advantage though, is, you know, he's in a position where next year he's going to be a veteran player on the team. He's going to be a significant, they're going to rely on him significantly for offense. He's going to have to continue to produce, you know, he came out of the vaunted Chicago steel program was a great, you know, really fantastic ushl player for the two years that he was in there so that he's got a proven track record of production he's got a proven track record of being a guy that can can get the job done offensively at bu he's also shown that he can play tenacious hockey he can be physical you know he can be a bit more grindy if he needs to be so he's got a little more versatility he never really had to be that kind of guy at with chicago he's had to be that more in college so i'm really fascinated to see where he goes i think that you know, with this lost season, he might be a guy that you want to keep there for four years and let him, you know, continue to develop at his own pace. You know, he, he missed out on this year's World Junior Camp because of, uh, you know, the, the COVID protocols that were going on at BU at the time. Um, they didn't have any of the BU players they had planned on having in camp, and I'm sure he would have been in the mix to make the team. But, you know, this is a, essentially a lost season for him, but it's not a loss. He's certainly not a lost cause as a prospect. There's a lot, a lot to look forward to with him. I think he still has, you know, the, the mentality and the style of play that can get him to the NHL. It's just, you know, maybe it'll take a little bit longer than, than was initially planned. All right. Uh, Chris Peters, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Really appreciate your time. This was a ton of fun. You can go check out his work, uh, Hockey Sense with Chris Peters on Substack. It's only $6 a month. It's 
terrific information. Uh, you know, I know there are a lot of subscription places out there, but uh, if you're going to spend your money on anything, Chris is, is definitely worth uh, definitely worth your $6 per month. Uh, check out the, the talking hockey sense podcast. Is that what there you go. Yep. yep. There you we go. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at Chris M Peters. What kind of content can uh, people be looking forward to for the next two weeks? Well, yeah, I mean, we know that now that the draft lottery is on June 2nd, so I think you're going to see a couple Holy of mock smokes. drafts Are you coming serious? from me. Yeah, draft lottery is on June 2nd as as of last night. So get ready, uh, get ready right. to. Uh, Looks like we're both breaking news here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah I'm a, yeah, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So I'm going to have some mock drafts. I'll also update. Um, right now, I'm actually working on a world world championship preview. Little, you know, Moritz Cider fans, if you want to read more about Moritz Cider, he figures prominently yes, into the preview. And uh, yeah, you should definitely be watching Germany. I can't remember. I know the U.S. plays Germany, so that game will be on NHL Network. So uh, definitely watch that. Also, uh, Albert Johansson made Sweden's team, too. So we've got a really, you know, if you're if you're a Red Wings fan, there's some notes on those guys. Obviously, the draft eligibles that we talked about. And then, yeah, mock drafts, updated draft rankings, all that stuff will be coming soon. And uh, yeah, if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan, then you are absolutely 100% invested in the draft now and into the future. So uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy what we have to offer. There's plenty there, and there's there's a lot that you can already read that's been up there that that is still fresh, uh, just because it's a lot of draft prospect content. That's a hell of a sales pitch. I think I'm going to go yeah. get a second subscription. Thank you. <laughs> well, now. thank you. Yes, and thank you for subscribing. I appreciate. Uh, Chris Peters, thank you so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, We'd love to have you on again. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. You're locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.